Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. The Danny Mac Show with BK Podcast, powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. Welcome into the Danny Mac Show with Brandon Kylie. I'm Dan McLaughlin. Tanner with us as well. And this is the Wednesday edition of the show. We've got day baseball today. Hey, it's time to turn the page on what's happened the first couple of games for the St. Louis Cardinals. Last night, losing 8-3. to They're now 26-22. and Chicago a half game back in the Central Division. Milwaukee at 502 games out. And uh, BK, first of all, good morning. We're going to have Jim Edmonds coming up, so we'll preview the uh, the broadcast today a little bit and uh, have some fun with Jimmy. But uh, good morning to you. Good morning, Dan. A rough night for the Cardinals. Just ugly baseball. That's the thing Big that time. stood out to me most is you got three errors in the game uncharacteristically by Arenado and Sosa and Edmund. Of all the guys that you would expect to have an error, especially with the injuries, those are not the three that I would have picked out. You're three for 15 with runners in scoring position. Flaherty goes just three and two thirds. They really needed a big start out of him. They didn't get it. Walked two, threw a wild pitch, hit two batters. Just erratic from start to finish. You could see the way that this game was trending very early early on and it just never really got back on the rails for the Cardinals so Flaherty three and two-thirds six hits seven runs three earned couple of walks and three strikeouts some of the numbers with Jack and I felt like in the first inning if plays are made behind him maybe it's a completely different game that that's baseball it gets you unnerved it gets you rattled and he seemed to just not be right now he may come out and say you know what I felt okay uh, you know, and I, by all accounts, health wise, he was. But that first inning, when you commit those errors, it just takes you off your game. And all of a sudden, you're throwing from the stretch. You, you feel like you got good stuff when you go out there. And then things unravel. And that's what happened last night. And uh, the Cardinals just did not play clean baseball. And, you know, when I say clean baseball, it's not just the errors, but it's the walks, it's the hit batters, it's all those things that go into it. And it's just been kind of an ugly stretch of baseball right now for the Cardinals. Yeah, and part of that is as simple as, man, these guys just aren't healthy right now, you know? But, like, hey, Tommy Edmond, you got to catch that ball. You yep. do. Uh, Nolan Arnato, he has seven errors on the season now. We got to clean that up a little bit. If you're looking at a Mundo Sosa, got to make sure that we aren't committing errors. Like, that, that is part of this. The other part is, like you said, Dan, you've just – we need Jack Flaherty to be a little better. Yet you're right, he was absolutely not helped by his defense. But Jack's got to find his command, and he really never was able to yesterday uh, to do that. I got to wonder, and I was thinking this, he was so amped up to face Giolito, and his high school coach was there, his pitching coach was there. And I don't know if he would come out and admit this and just say, hey, I was overly amped up. But he looked to me like he was. And when you see him overcooking sliders, which he was doing, or even pulling uh, even more so off the third, to first base side and putting fastballs in the dirt, you know that he's amped up. He hit 97 a few times last night, too. We don't normally see that. So that, to me... Maybe it was part of the issue with uh, Jack Flaherty last night. Also part of the issue, though, the Cardinals' defense, three years behind him, Nolan Arenado. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt we let Jack down a little bit there today. Just, yeah, we just didn't do a good job, you know. Um, he did his job in getting ground balls, and we expect to make those plays, but we uh, we didn't. I know I didn't, and uh, I got to be better there. But Jack pitched fine. We just didn't help him at all. 
and uh, you know, you know, we can't, you know, we can't have his pitch count going up that early in the game. And that was definitely on us. As you mentioned, Tommy Edmond with a, a drop in right field, which is so uncharacteristic of, of him. Sosa's been very good defensively. He commits the error. And now Nolan Arenado has seven errors, which is surprising to me. And you can see he's just a little in between. Does he want to stay back? Does he want to go forward? And that that happens. And, uh, by the way, I'll take him every day and Sunday, too. But, you know, that that is part of what the problem has been with the Cardinals just sloppy play all around. Yeah, if you're looking at what Nolan Arnato has done this year defensively, it's been kind of strange because he has made some of those spectacular plays. I, I mentioned early in the year, I remember talking to you about it, Dan. It's like, well, we haven't really seen that from him yet. And then there was a stretch of like four in the next five days, and he was great. The consistency, though, has been a little off, and I do wonder if there's something about the way that the Cardinals are positioning him that has thrown him off a little bit. And I'm not saying he's a bad defender out there. He absolutely is not. And like you said, Dan, I'll take him every day of the week at third base, and I like my chances. But whether it be the errors or if you look at like the more advanced numbers, there are some things there that are a little troubling. And most of it goes back to the way that he's playing against left-handed batters in particular. And so I do wonder if there's something about the way that the Cardinals are positioning their third baseman, specifically Nolan Arenado, this season compared to the way he's played in the past that's just different. And it's taking some time for him to be able to adjust to it. Uh, I, I don't. I, I just think it's just one of those things. He's in a little bit of a rut. I, he's such a good defender. Holy smokes, is yep. he good. And it's just one of those things. I think he's in a rut. But maybe, you know, maybe defensive positioning, all these shifts he's playing way off the line a lot uh we're seeing the more um expanded shift on the right side so now he's at the shortstop position which a fair amount of these errors have come from last night was just one of those plays where he was in between it happens um one of the errors was on a throw that he just flat out missed i mean things like that happen but normally you don't see that from nolan arenado and flaherty he knows he's got to deal with uh, sometimes there's going to be bad defense behind him happens you just you gotta continue to make pitches and continue to try to execute um that's all you can try to do you know more 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 times than not you know our defense is gonna be rock solid all you can do is continue to try to execute continue to uh, make pitches continue to try to get outs um you know there's no give up in, in anybody on this team so it was just a matter of continuing to try to execute continue trying to get outs and you know force some weak contact which you know i was able to hold the kind of top of the order in check for the most part outside of kind of one swing and you know we just it just it's one of those the one that wasn't soft contact was Abreu and that ball might still be going it's kind of like the Pujols one that uh, Phil Garner said that the uh, the flight attendant came on or whoever it was Brad Osmussen said look out your window and it's still going that ball was crushed man that was just a slider it didn't move sat middle middle and he doesn't miss it he's an MVP player but you know, Jack, it, 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 you got to deal with the, the plays that aren't made behind you. And again, last night, the plays weren't made behind him and things unraveled. So that's what happens. The one, if you're looking for a silver lining here, listen, the game stunk. The Cardinals didn't play well. They'll move forward later today. Hopefully they have a better one. They're able to salvage at least one out of this three-game series. If you're looking for a silver lining, it was what the bullpen did behind him. I mean, at least... Junior Fernandez gave you a little glimmer of hope. If not for him, two and two-thirds, clean innings, really, more or less. Um, If not for him doing that, this bullpen could have been fried going into today's game. And so... Full credit to Junior Fernandez. He he's earned himself a little bit of opportunity here because there aren't a whole lot of other guys that, when thrown into those situations, have stepped up for the Cardinals this year. 
He did. And so I'm I'm interested in seeing what he can do for him. And Mike Shield asked about the Cardinals defense behind Flaherty. Oh, quite a bit. I mean Jack pitched well and Jack really the ball was coming out clean. Um, a lot of first pitch strikes. Curveball got better as he went, became a really I mean that's a nasty weapon for him. Wanted to go with that slider. Jack was good, you know, the I thought he made a lot of quality pitches. We just um wasn't a night where we helped him out. That's very atypical. Typically we help all our guys out, but tonight we weren't as clean as we needed to be, and um, some balls found some holes for some softer contact. But I thought Jack was was fantastic and kept his composure and and uh, pitched way better than the line. Well, he did pitch better than the line. He was okay. I don't, I'm not sure he was fantastic, but I get he's, he's going to say that about his player. The other issue for the Cardinals right now is with all these injuries, you're missing some of the bats that – would give you maybe some thump. You know, Tyler O'Neill would walk into a potential home run. And I, I was looking at this last night. This is from Cardinals Stats and Facts uh, at Spitting Facts STL. Cardinals who have been on the injured list so far this season. Harrison Bader two times, Tyler O'Neill two times, Paul DeYoung, Yadier Molina, Jordan Hicks, Carlos Martinez, Michaelis twice, oh. Dakota Hudson, KK, Andrew Miller, Daniel Ponce de Leon, and it's May 26th. Now, I'm not going to make excuses. All teams are dealing with injuries, but that's a lot of key injuries right now for this club that they have to overcome. It is. I was looking this up with Tanner last night, and we were going through, like, when? how often has this team had its ideal lineup, right? The one where they said, these are the eight position players that we thought were going to be playing around our starting pitcher. The answer, Dan, is three games. I was going to say three. Three games so far this yep. year. from Because uh, you had Bader, O'Neill, and Molina all out. Yep, and then DeYoung as well. Right. So from May 8th to May 12th, they had their ideal lineup available. One of those days, Tyler O'Neill got the day off, and so there were three games that the Cardinals have played so far this year with their projected starting lineup for opening day. When that's the case, you're just... I, I would expect a lot of inconsistency throughout the lineup. So for me... The lineup, I'm willing to give them a little bit of a mulligan on what we've seen over the last couple of weeks. They just haven't been healthy. There's a lot of backups out there. The pitching side is what's more concerning for me. Because if you look at the the pitching side of things where the injuries have taken place, it's Jordan Hicks who came into the year having questions. It's Andrew Miller who came into spring training already being behind the other guys. It's Miles Michaelis who we knew. Uh, we don't know what to expect out of Miles Michaelis so far this year. So uh, the the pitching side of things for me... I kind of knew who the guys were that had questions, and they've they've had those questions. The hitting side of things, I, I'm not as worried about that. May surprise you, the Cardinals had more runners in scoring position than the White Sox did last night, 15 to 12. The Cardinals three for 15 with runners in scoring position. That's starting to become a problem. It was a problem over the weekend, big time. They are okay at times with this, but recently it has not been good. And that is of concern for me. I mean, you talk about you, you want to roll the lineup over. And, and to me, Bader gave this lineup some length. Tyler O'Neill gives you some length. But when you're rolling out, uh, let's say, Lane Thomas, Justin Williams, some of the others. Um, Max Moroff. Moroff is another one. Is not you know He's not really performed. He had his first hit and RBI as a Cardinal last night. That's a problem. And that kind of feels like last year where you, man, just get it, get roll it over, roll it over, get it back to Tommy Edmond. 
that's just where you're at right now because of the injuries. Yeah, you just don't have the length in the lineup. I mean, you, you look at it right now, and basically after your fifth spot in the order, you just don't feel confident about things. And that's going back to what we've seen from the Cardinals in recent years. That's not what we expected out of them this season. I thought it was going to be a little longer, and frankly it was for those three games where they had those guys. I was like, wow, okay. I can see what John Mosaluk pictured when he put this team together. I get it. It makes some sense to me. When you're having... Guys like Tyler O'Neill and Paul DeYoung, who are six and seven all hitters that have legitimate damage potential in the middle or in the back half of your order. Okay, yeah, that that's that makes sense. But right now, when you've got Matt Carpenter, who I know had a good game last night, but we, we've seen what he is this year, and Lane Thomas and Max Moroff kind of at the bottom of your order, that's just not the same. And the Cardinals are now three wins in their last ten. The average in, uh, or at least the runs per game, the average per game has been 3.3. So 33 runs in uh, those 10 games, fourth worst in that span. Hey, Nolan Arenado, do we need to uh, hit the panic button here yet? I don't think the panic, there's no need for the panic button, you know. And so I think guys just continue to work, do their routines. But, um, you know, it just feels like we just got to play a little bit looser and play the way we know how, you know. Um, And uh, the last few games we haven't done that. But it happens. This is what happens in the you know like one to sixty-two game season. You know, you get some games that are a little inconsistent. I feel like this is probably the most inconsistent we've been the whole year, which is pretty good. You know, usually you always have those up ebbs and flows, and right now we're on one of those weird ones. But we're not too worried about it. We expected to change, and you know we have a chance to win a game tomorrow, and then move on to Arizona. Rodon goes today for the White Sox. He has been awesome. Five wins, I think, five and one. One like under a uh, run and a half per game ERA, and you got John Gant. Now, you hit something on the head, is that the bullpen didn't implode last night. Webb inning in two-thirds, two hits, uh, gave up a run, struck out one. Junior Fernandez, though, was the big one, two and two-thirds, three hits, and one strikeout. You know you're probably not going to, at least the way the trend has been this year, you're not going to get a lot of innings out of John Gant. So the bullpen should be fairly rested, and you could go to your big three at some point today if you're in a tight game. Yeah, you should have the guys that you need to close out the back end if you get a lead. And the Cardinals really need to get back on track in this one. Uh, If you're looking at the rest of the National League right now, it is super jumbled behind basically the Padres and the Dodgers and the Giants. Everybody else is kind of in that mix for who's going to get fourth place right now. Um, And the Cardinals currently have that spot. So as much as it feels bad today, if you're a Cardinals fan, and I get that when you're three and seven in your last 10 games, that's how it's going to feel. Cardinals are still in first place in the NL Central. They are ahead of the Cubs. They have a better record right now than the Mets who are in first place in the NL East. It's all right. But you got to get this thing back on track, and things aren't going to get a whole lot easier here in, what, five days whenever they have to take on the Dodgers as well. So we'll visit with Jimmy Edmonds coming up. He'll be my partner today on Bally Sports, and I believe 1230 with the pregame show on Bally Sports Game 3, the Cardinals and the White Sox. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Danny Mac show on a Wednesday with BK. I'm Dan McLaughlin, and we have Cardinals baseball coming up on Bally Sports 12:30 with the pregame, and it'll be game number three with the Cardinals and the White Sox. Cardinals trying to salvage a game of the three-game series on the South Side, and my partner today on the broadcast who's been kind enough to join us. You see him occasionally wearing a red jacket. That is Cardinals Hall of Famer Jim Edmonds. Jimmy, this was a tough get for me. Tough booking guest. How you doing? I know you didn't really want to do this. 
tough booking. I, I think that's uh, that's an easy way to put it. But no, of course I would do it. I'm sorry about my throat. I'm a uh, I'm a little under the weather. I've had a little uh, little interesting week, but uh, no, this is great. I love it. I love I love doing work with you. Did you stay up late last night? What What's the problem here? No, I just got back from Mexico, and uh, the last couple of days have been a little rough. So, um, and it's early still. I'm not really up and moving yet, and uh, I'm trying to. I take advantage when I don't have to get up early, so I'm still in bed. And, you know, I understand. Uh, so you, are you doing this from the comforts of your bed? Uh, yes, I am. Okay, good. Comfort. Good. All right, well, get done with this and take a little nap before you come in. Hey, Jim, what's your favorite spot to vacation in Mexico? Um, oh, I like that question right now because I've been going to Cancun and to uh, this area in uh, Playa del Carmen, and it's been awesome. It's been really quiet, and uh, we've found a new little hideout, and I can't tell you because... <laughs> It's been really quiet for a while, and I think that um, it's getting a little crowded all of a sudden, so I'm not telling anyone anymore. So when you go out to the pool, do you wear a red jacket? You know what? That's really funny because um, (laughs) the last time I was there, it was a little cold, so I brought my red jacket. Not the red jacket, though. No, they won't let me bring the red jacket, but I I just bring – I have this, like, kind of mock-up red jacket that I wear around in the city just for fun. And yeah, so I, I mean, I want people to know who I am when I'm when I'm cruising around. So I, this is a serious question. So with the Cardinals Hall of Famers, you when you guys get it for an opening day or there's some kind of special ceremony, you're not allowed to take that that jacket anywhere, right? It stays on the premises. Yeah, you know, I asked that question when I first got it, and uh, apparently, I don't know who it was, but someone forgot it and, and left it at home one time, and so yeah, we're not allowed to bring it home anymore. <laughs> So they keep it, and uh, they keep control of it just in case someone messes up. And that's a real true story. I think that uh, someone left it or did something with it. And, um, yeah, they, they take control of it from now on, and that way every time we show up, it's there. We're talking to Jim Edmonds here on 101 ESPN. All right, Jim, baseball side of things. I mean, that was an ugly game last night. We all know that. We we can go ahead and acknowledge it. But what did you see defensively that stood out to you? The, the errors were what was so uncharacteristic about this team. What did you see that maybe led to some of those defensive miscues last night? You know what? I don't, you know what? I don't know. It was a weird game last night. Danny and I were talking about it, and it's one of those things like, I think it maybe it probably had to do a little bit with Joe West. Like Cowboy Joe was in control, and uh, he seemed to have a lot of uh, like this mojo around him. That um, you know he, he he was like in this little bubble, and the ball was just bouncing all over the place. So you know you never know what's going to happen on the field. And uh, I think Joe West had like some kind of like spaceship around him, so balls were bouncing everywhere and. It, it was a little awkward last night, to be honest with you. It was awkward, and it was Joe West making history last night. Do you remember the first time that you dug in the box when Joe West was a uh, home plate umpire, or do you remember any conversations that you had with Joe that were repeatable? <laughs> um, you know what? You know what's really funny about Joe West is he doesn't ever really change. He's like the stoic guy who... Not really. Everyone always thinks like he's this grumpy um, individual, and he's just—he's really not. He's just like one of those guys that's been around forever. 
and it's just like it's just this guy who is like this crazy figure as an umpire and i don't know you you see him on tv and you, we showed him a lot last night and he's just like it never changes he's just like this same guy who doesn't move and he smiles a little bit but he's really just like this guy who's just like there being happy and um no i don't remember but um i don't like like i think we talked about last night i don't want to cross him yeah well you know what it was interesting you you led me into this is that it was kind of funny i mean carpenter takes a pitch on the outside corner late in the game it's a ball and it was probably one of his worst misses of the night then he takes a pitch in that probably was a strike, and it goes his way, and he gets the walk. Then at the end, Tommy Edmond takes a called third strike, which was borderline, but it was a strike. And it's kind of like you you always know when players, I don't know if respect is the right way, or they just kind of shrug their shoulders and say, that's Joe, but that's just the way it's going to be. And by watching their body language, they don't even fight it. They're just like, okay, man, whatever. And I, that's kind of the way I, I looked at it last night, and I have done for years when I see Joe West doing some of our games. Well, I think they understand. Like, I think Tommy thought at the end of the night, like, you know, probably wanted it to be a ball, but it wasn't. And same thing with Carp. I think Carp took that pitch outside. He did a really good job of not saying anything, and I think he got that curveball for um, – Sorry, my voice is gone from yelling at you all night last night. But Understand? I think that I think that he, you know, you, you you get that with a with an old umpire, old a veteran umpire. You get like you take a good pitch, and either way it goes. If you don't say anything, and he knows he might have missed it, so he gives you something back. As long as you don't complain, as long as you don't show him up, he, he's gonna know. Sometimes you make mistakes, and I think a lot of good umpires, older umpires, will just give you back the pitch that you know he knows he missed it and went back the other way but it's really funny is i i think i think watching one game last night they really thought that curveball was a strike and, and it probably was but no one ever thought that, like the pitch before was the ball and so i thought it was pretty funny when tony went to the mound last night and the guys were like holy wow like can't even believe you missed that but they didn't say, you know, didn't no reaction on the pitch before. Right. That makes sense. We're talking to Jim Edmonds here on 101 ESPN. Hey, Jim, one of the guys that's really impressed me since he's had his opportunity is Edmundo Sosa. He, he looks super comfortable at the plate. He plays with some swagger in the infield defensively. What have you noticed from him that has stood out to you? Is there anything in particular that uh, you've liked about his performance since he's kind of taken over as the everyday shortstop? You know what? It's it's interesting you say that because there's really nothing that pinpoints anything different than anything else. He just goes out there and plays the game. And uh I think like you don't expect the um the guys to step up and just be really good and um you expect mistakes and 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 things to happen and but them and He's just a really good player, and I think that, um, you know, you kind of, like, think, oh, you know, the extras are going to make mistakes and do things wrong, and this is the guy who just goes down there and plays the game, and I think it's been a, a really nice surprise. It's almost like what we were talking about before in the broadcast, like when you see an umpire, 
go out there and, and not make any mistakes. You just don't notice him. He's one of those guys that you kind of you don't really notice him, but you do notice how well he plays. So um, I think he's doing a really nice job. I think he's a really good player. And he's one of those guys that uh, is opening eyes around the league. I, I think it's been kind of funny in game one, and I'm sure a lot of fans were like, hey, I want to see Tony La Russa. Where Where is he on the broadcast? Well, he was kind of hiding from the cameras in the dugout. We saw a little bit more of him last night because he brought the lineup card with Joe West special night with Mike Schilt out there. So you got to see him there. And then you mentioned that he uh, he was out for the pitching change. Now, you've talked and told me Tony is like a father figure to you. So Adam Wainwright is on the pregame with Jim Hayes yesterday. Jim asked him, you know, what's it like seeing him in a White Sox uniform? He said it's weird seeing him wear any uniform at this age, and I'm paraphrasing, or even doing this. What, what What's it been like for you to watch Tony uh, when we do get glimpses of him? You have a great relationship with him. You talk to him all the time. What do you, what do you think this has been like? He's 76, man, and he's he's managing a major league team. You know, what's really funny is I, I thought that what Adam said was so hilarious. Like, it's really funny to see him in any uniform, and it really is. Like, you expect him to run off in the sunset, but if you know Tony, um, or, computer or some kind of phone or something all these years since he's been managing um, or since he retired, and uh, it's kind of, um, you know, I, but it was almost like, Really interesting to see how interested he was in the teams that he was working with in the past. And it is a little funny to see him. I mean, I think that, like, the running joke would be, like, this is the Hall of Fame call him and say, hey, if you're going to manage, we're going to have to make you pull your, uh, your uh, what do they call it, a plaque away for a couple more years and, and start over. But it is funny to see him in the in the black, especially the black and gray and, um, and the white and black. There's a different different uniform and i don't know man it's like i don't it, it was under it was interesting to see that he left but i'm really not surprised that he's managing again i'm curious jim because i i'm sure you've seen it there's been a lot of criticism of tlr especially in chicago but when you look at the way that he has managed that team i mean there's there's been really nothing that has stood out in this particular series at least for me uh, how much of what we've seen from him do you think is just TLR being TLR versus him being at a different age now? It, it seems to me like a lot of the things that he's done, it's, it's kind of what we saw here in St. Louis as well. Well, I'm not really uh, up on the Chicago White Sox situation, and I really don't think that, uh, you know, when I, like Tony does some stuff that's so deliberate that like a lot of people don't get it. I think Danny Max says the best. When he's uh, he's out there playing chess, when everyone else is playing checkers, I agree. Sometimes, and sometimes he, he he does things on purpose. Like he does things to take the heat off his players. He does things to, um, you know, take the heat off of uh, a situation. He does things to take the heat off of a, uh, a series. And he know he just knows what he's doing, and he's so good at it. And um, you know, like the whole thing with the three and no swing. I think what he said about Mercedes was, uh, we obviously have seen him. He he didn't get punished. I don't know if he, you know, put him over his leg and smacked him with a little paddle and on the butt and 
and and really you know punish them. But that's just what Tony does. He's just really good at taking the heat off of the players and really just letting them focus on playing the game. Is there any doubt in your mind with a three zero situation? And I, I've been doing a lot of thinking about this that. He probably went to his players privately and said, you're going to maybe hear some comments or see how I handle this situation. And the the media is going to come on me really hard. But let me tell you how I really think about this. But we're going to take this. We're going to take the heat off of Mercedes. We're going to take the heat off of the players. We know it's going to be talked about. And I bet he did this. At, well, I don't bet. I know he did this a ton in St. Louis where there were controversial things and he would make a statement where he knew it would be a lightning rod of a situation, but all the attention would be directed at him, and the attention would be off the players. And I I just think he's been a master at that over the years. Would you agree? And 100%. I think the whole situation that happened there was to deflect away from the swing and to maybe protect his player. He, he's a master of protecting his players, and... I think that originally that was the goal, to protect him from getting hit, uh, protect him from the criticism from swinging 3-0. and And it might have backfired a little bit because of the way the game is now. I agree. Yep, for he, sure. He, he, he doesn't care. And, and that's, you know, that's the one thing that, um, that Tony does is, you know, he's going he's gonna to treat the game the same way he's treated all 300 he's been managing. You know, he's managed, what, 7,000, 500, 200,000 games, whatever is craziness. But it's, he, he does that. And, and that's the thing that I noticed in the past is, like, he will do anything it takes to keep the heat off the players and keep the controversy down, and he'll take the heat because it, it doesn't really matter to him that they're focusing on him as long as they're not focusing on the players and the media's not bugging the players. It's a win for him. Jim Edmonds, Cardinals Hall of Famer, is our guest for another couple of minutes here on 101 ESPN. Uh, Jim, final question that I had for you. I know he's on the IL right now, but Harrison Bader was playing really well uh, in his return from the injured list. And I always love hearing you with Danny Mack on the broadcast, breaking his play down, especially in center field. And then the comfortability that we've seen from him at the plate this year. What did you notice that had changed in Harrison this year compared to the player that we had seen in previous years? Well, I think the one thing he's finally doing is starting to work on hitting the ball the other way, letting the ball get deep. And it's, you know, it doesn't always work right away, but you can see that something has changed. And it's just like with Tyler O'Neill, you can, you can see something has changed with him. And that's part of growing up, part of, sorry, excuse me, part of getting better. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's tough because, I talked to a Harrison the other day, and he said, "I'm just going to keep playing as hard as I can, and stuff's going to happen." And you're you're right; like stuff's going to happen. You're going to play hard. You're going to get hurt, but he's never going to back off. And the, we're watching with those guys, especially Tyler and, and Harrison, uh, for good examples. Is they are changing a little, a little bit. They're getting better, and um, they're making good adjustments. A good adjustments, and I think that uh, you know you'll see better things from them. Jimmy, uh, tuck back in, get your rest. Uh, we got a big day today, and uh, maybe get a little coffee too. That might help. Well, I'm awake actually, and I just have a little bit bit of 
um, you know, it's, it's tough really carrying you on the broadcast. I understand so that. My, you know, my, my throat is a little bit uh, sore from speaking so much, and you're right. I'm going to have to, like, really get something going for today's game. Well, rest up. Um, make sure you get those uh, pipes ready to go, and uh, thanks for carrying me as always, and thanks for doing this. You know what I do before I get to the work? I me 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 me. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Go ahead and keep doing it, Jimmy. Just keep doing it this morning, and make sure we uh, we get you there on time. Yeah, I'll see you in a little bit. All right, buddy. Thanks. Thanks Thank for you. doing it. That's uh, Jimmy Edmonds, the Cardinals Hall of Famer. That's a little glimpse into Jimmy's life. Uh, get to sleep in a little bit. Maybe go to Mexico every once in a while and then talk a little baseball. It's a pretty good thing. What a life, man. I, I have so much envy of the life that Jim Edmonds lives. He's a beauty. He is an absolute beauty. Uh, this is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. This is the Danny Mac Show on a Wednesday, and Cardinal baseball coming up. The Cardinals and the White Sox. Cardinals trying to salvage a game. That's BK. I'm Danny Mac. You think Jimmy went back uh, to bed? What do you think he did? I think he went back to Mexico. Just a quick trip. Just, uh, uh, just decided, you know what? Why not? It's, it's, uh, it's a Wednesday morning. I could probably make it to the game. I'll do it remotely. We're not traveling with the team. I, I can just do it from there. So, Brad, when uh, I'm working with Brad Thompson, sometimes we're like, man, we hate that guy. He's got our life. You know, he's got the life of Riley, man. He's got the he's got the life. Uh, Jimmy's great. Jimmy's fun to visit with. Jimmy loves doing these interviews, whether he can speak or not, or get the hiccups later. As he just texted me, he said, I, sorry about my voice. I uh, had the hiccups from pounding too much coffee. So he said, I was trying to get coffee in my body so I could do the interview properly. But I, I thought he was great. It was fun. It was awesome. I uh, love hearing his breakdowns on the game. Can't wait to hear the two of you together later on this afternoon. As I've always said, he's a savant. There's been uh, some other things that are going on in Major League Baseball, including one of the best young players in the game in Toronto, Vlad Guerrero Jr. He drills the ball right center field, and it is gone! He has done it again! And he is all alone atop the Major League home run leaderboard right now. Number 16 for Vladdy, and it's 2 to nothing Blue Jays. Have you seen his body? I mean, he's really changed. He, he used the shutdown last year. He's used the offseason. He's gotten in better shape. Because that was really the big concern. When I talked to people around the game, scouts specifically, I would ask them about seeing him, and they said, well, you know, obviously he can hit, and he's going to hit for a lot of power. But that body would scare me. Well, I think he took that to heart, and he's in great shape and one of the great young players in the game. He is. In this game, it feels like every year you get two or three more young guys that are like, oh my God, that kid could be the next great thing in this game. And it's just happening consistently now. It's been like five years where every year you've got somebody that is new that is added to that list. I mean, you've got Guerrera, you've got uh, Shohei Otani, who is not the same in that he's been around a little longer, but this year we're really seeing him realize that potential that we've always known he has and it's it's great for baseball as much as baseball has its issues and we have talked about those ad nauseum it's got something going really well for it right now and that's the young stars that have been developed over the last few years young athletes yeah really good athletes not just baseball players but the complete package kansas city loses two to one that's not the story rich hill strikes out 13 he's about 58 and uh, the rays winning streak stops at 11 but rich hill talking about what you just said the the issues in the game Rich Hill can spin a, a curveball as well as anybody, and he's out there. I think he's 41, 
and Rich Hill strikes out 13. That's an incredible milestone. It is, and Rich Hill's been doing this now for a long, long time, and he's going to continue getting jobs because he's able to pitch the way that Adam Wainwright does. Like, if you're looking at, hey, Wayno is doing this at this age, who's the guy that would be the comp for this in, in the modern game? It's probably Rich Hill. They pitch similarly in that they're they're basically pitching backwards right now. Jacob deGrom comes back from the injured list, goes five innings, three hits, and earned run nine strikeouts against Colorado. That's part of the story. The other part of the story, Bud Black, by the metrics of the Colorado Rockies, there was not a fastball thrown in the game that they saw, whether it was from Jacob deGrom or the relievers, that was under 95 miles an hour. Everything, every fastball in that game was 95 miles an hour or better. That is amazing to me. Amazing. And that is when we talk about, you know, you're saying it again, we we got problems. This isn't a problem. This is just we need to find an adjustment. Just the players are bigger, stronger, they're throwing harder, and they're also max effort where other guys probably in the past could have been, but different, different style of how the game is played. But think about that. Every fastball the Colorado Rockies saw, everyone, PK, 95 or above. Yeah, and it's that. It's the defensive positioning that we have, the, sure. the numbers that we're using on that side of things now. It's the way that we know, hey, if I throw a pitch here, here's where the ball's going to end up. So that's how they do decide where to position guys. It's all of that, right? That's that's why it is so hard to hit a baseball in today's game. Uh, speaking kind of in, in grander terms with the Mets, that team is just decimated by yes. injuries right now. Key I mean, players, too. If you look, yesterday there was the news with uh, Syndergaard having to leave his simulated st- or his uh, his rehab start a little bit early once again. That stinks. And then position player-wise, I mean, it's just you don't even recognize some of the guys that are out there right now for them. And yet, despite all of that, they're currently leading the National League East. They're 22-20 right. and 20 on the season. The NL East is just not what I expected it to be. I knew it was going to be competitive. I expected that. I didn't think it was going to be the Braves in second place at 24-24. and 24. And the Braves just lost Marcelo Zuna. He had to leave their game against uh, the uh, Bucks after dislocating his uh, finger sliding into third base. Dodgers beat the Astros 9-2. First visit since the cheating scandal. The thing I loved about this game, I was watching it, warming up. Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly's warming up. He ended Altuve's hitting streak, and uh, the Dodger faithful, there was a lot that traveled down to Houston. They were vocal last night. It, they're just going to have to deal with it, as we've talked about a lot. Houston's going to have to deal with that every single night. The Dodgers have had a really weird season. They, they started out the year, I think it was 13-2 and two to start the year, and then they went through that dry spell where everybody was like, oh, the Dodgers aren't going to win 115 games, are they? Maybe not quite as good as everybody expected. And then they're like 13-2 and two since that time as well. So they've they've basically had three separate seasons within the, sh- uh, the first quarter of the year. Yeah, the, Dan, breaking news. Dodgers still really good. Indian Zach Plesak. Broke his right thumb ripping off his shirt. Now the the it the, was non displaced though. So. That's then well good. Um, <laughs> the thing that they've always said about Plesak, great stuff, but can he control his emotions? I've heard his uncle Dan Plesak on MLB Network. They'll do live cut-ins and he'll break down his nephew and he'll say, "Great stuff." 
keeps himself in great shape, works extremely hard. However, emotions, we got to keep those in check. Got to keep them in check. Well, sure enough, breaks his right thumb, ripping off his shirt. I mean, what was he getting ready to do? I, I guess we can only speculate. Um, we're left to speculate. Well, I wonder how, well, hold on now. I wonder, was it a button-up shirt or was it a T-shirt? Because that is some kind of material that he was ripping off to break your thumb. Yeah, and what was the rush? Like, what, we, we couldn't I don't know. wait an extra second to, you know, gently take it off. I'm curious, Dan, I'll, I'll get your uh, your thoughts on this. So the other day, I was putting away, I mentioned this on our show with uh, with Alex, I was putting away a food processor, and we have the uh, the cabinet that is above the, the microwave in our house. So I'm, like, reaching up, putting it up there, and it falls right back on top of me and, like, cracks my collarbone, not broken, but left a bruise and whatnot. What's more embarrassing, having, if I had broken my collarbone in that scenario from a food processor falling on me, or being a major league pitcher who breaks your thumb and goes on the injured list because you aggressively took off your shirt. Got to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave you off the uh, the list here. You're okay. I appreciate that. It, that happens because I've put up things on a shelf and it hits you on the head, and you're like, "What the hell just happened here?" You know that stuff happens. But ripping off a shirt and breaking your thumb when you're a major one. league pitcher. Now, if it was his left thumb, I can live with that because that's not his pitching hand. I mean, it, it's you know, I can't remember the exact term. Uh, that Tim McCarver would say, he'd say, you got to keep, I mean, those hands, those are your tools. That's how you make a living. You know, that's what he would always say. And he's right. You got to keep those things perfect. You can't mess with that stuff. I miss Tim McCarver on the broadcast so much. I do God, too. I love that guy. Uh, Bryce Harper placed on the IL, bruised left wrist. You mentioned Noah Syndergaard and Corey Kluber left to start yesterday, right shoulder tightness. That was always the issue for so many teams when they were looking at Corey Kluber, whether to bring him into the fold. Throws a no-hitter two times out ago, but he had been dealing with injuries, ineffective with Texas, and now he signs with the Yankees after doing a workout. Everything's going to plan, and then, boom, they get hit with this. So it's interesting for me uh, with the Kluber news. We had talked all offseason. I know on our show with Tanner and Alex, we'd done this. Hey, who's the starter that the Cardinals can go out there and acquire? And of all the starters that were available, most of them have either stunk or they've been hurt. Oda Rizzi is on the hurt side of things. Now Kluber joins that. Really, the only one that... That the Cardinals could have acquired this offseason that would be a tangible upgrade over what they have is Taiwan Walker. Yep. Like he, he's the only guy that has gone out there, performed really well, has stayed healthy all season long, and would be an upgrade over what the Cardinals have had in the, the rotation this year. So as much as it's been frustrating to watch and you look around and you're like, God, couldn't they have gotten somebody? The answer's kind of no outside of Taiwan Walker. Hey, this has been a fun show. Thanks to Jimmy Edmonds, Tanner. Great job lining him up. Um, And who do you have coming up on your show? So coming up today, we do have Chris Kerber in the 1 o'clock hour. We will also have plenty on the Cardinals throughout the day today. And we'll play a game of something or nothing, Dan. Something or nothing about the St. Louis Cardinals, including something or nothing. Andrew Kisner's ERA as a catcher is half of what uh, Yadier Molinas has been this year. Think it's nothing? We'll get into that a little further later on. You've been listening to The Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.